Now, let me describe to you all this ad that I saw as I was reading the Ars Technica story about Elon Musk uh, and Tesla. It is, it is clearly marked as sponsored content, first of all, which is a great, great thing. Uh, it is a purple, a man on a purple background, and he's lit mm-hmm. in a, such a way that his face seems to be half in shadow and half in light, but like not in a super dramatic way, just kind of a, a, an unsettling way. Uh, purple background, nice. He's wearing a suit. He looks fine. And then the title of the SpawnCon itself is this. Forget Bitcoin. Blockchain may hold the key to true brand loyalty. <laughs> that, my friends, is the worst sentence that I had to read with my own two <laughs> eyes today. <laughs> it's true. You were just freaking out. No, she was, she was like, yeah. I can't with the buzzwords. Yeah. It, yeah. It's literally like I, I've never I've never seen a more meaningless sentence in my no. life. It's nonsense. Who cares about sh- no no human no human being looks at the words true brand loyalty and is like oh sh- <laughs> yes yes finally finally, true finally. and the finally blockchain? this is what I can do yeah are you kidding me no I mean the thing it's is everything is what- wanted. And and it's so interesting to me that they would put this on Ars Technica because like CIO.com or or some of like the thought leadership sorts of things, whatever, I could maybe like maybe maybe Ad Age or Ad Week or or uh, Digiday. I don't know. I, I, I still would like roll my eyes, but I would think like, well, maybe. But like ours? No. And the thing is, what it links to is the SpawnCon post on Wired. So <laughs> How deep does the rabbit hole go? I'm going to put a I, I picture in the show notes. The yeah, you, there, but you Simone. absolutely must the because, truth is because out there. It, it, it's truly terrible. And uh, it's a very good picture. Yeah, but, I love but, it. But, but, no, I know <laughs> it, it, it's great. It's great. And and someone please make a a Squarespace website dedicated to this horror and then tell us about it and we'll give you a shout out. So the reason I'm late is because I did start. I clicked on that article. And I started reading it and I have to concede. It has a good point. What does the blockchain article? Yes. I think that true brand loyalty is a stretch and an offensive term <laughs> that I I never wanted to see in a sentence with blockchain. But yes, it probably would make it easier to track like people's participation and loyalty programs. Why would the blockchain be any better than a normal distributed database? That's a question that I can't answer, <laughs> Christina. Maybe you should take it up with Deloitte. Deloitte. Deloitte, yeah. Because there's a lot of fall off, Christina, because people aren't, it's not always clear when people can accept their rewards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, again, um, what about the blockchain <laughs> is, is going to help this? Christine, I cannot tell you how many times I've gone to like get my grocery reward points and some thieving bastard has stolen my 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 CVS points or my stop and shop points. So with blockchain technology, <laughs> you can make sure that will never happen again. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I I I I I also can't tell you how many times uh some some thieving person has taken my points. Oh wait. I usually am the person who just has the you know, who makes the, the, the CVS or whoever use the, the card they just have sitting there to give oh, you the coupons no. because I don't actually want to give them my information so I can save myself and get the coupons in the mail. They just, you know, scan the card 
and then give me my my two for one. I think what uh, you're missing is gosh. the joy that having true brand loyalty would bring into your life. <laughs> if you can experience true brand loyalty, like Have you I met experience Christina? it. She is as loyal to Kate Spade as anyone. I, I was going like, to say, when it comes to brand loyalty, uh, I'm not Christina. Kind of there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, have you met me? It's like, once I like your stuff, yeah. I'm not only going to buy it, I'm going to buy all of it. Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated <laughs> Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. I'm Simone de Rochefort, video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm joined tonight by Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress, and Christina Warren, senior cloud developer advocate at Microsoft. How do you feel about true brand loyalty? <laughs> I feel good about that. I'll tell you why I don't feel good about Simone de Rochefort. <gasps> the thieving bastard that stole our boss's minivan today. Now, if, if Steven that. had used the blockchain... <laughs> <laughs> to protect his he would be fine. <laughs> he would be fine. So someone stole our illustrious leader, our fearless leader, Stephen Hackett's minivan today from Tennessee. And I just want to let everyone know before the show started, Simone de Rochefort told me she would do nothing. She would never stop at hunting down the people that did this to Stephen Hackett. Mm-hmm. So I, would you hear? Yeah, go ahead. No, Simone. I just have one thing to say to yeah. the thieves and it's yeah if you're looking for ransom i can tell you i don't have money but what i <laughs> do have are a very particular set of skills <laughs> skills i have acquired over a very long career skills that make me a nightmare for people like you if you let my boss's minivan go now that'll be the end of it that's just there's a little message for the thieves a, yeah. out there there's a dark sound in an alleyway. It's going to be Simone de Rochefort sneaking up behind you to get justice for Stephen Hackett's minivan. So. No, that's exactly what it is. But also, and 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 Stephen, we really do hope that they at least find your car and that it hasn't all been like, you know, um, scrapped for parts or whatever it was that they would do in in the Fast and the Furious and the other car movies. But 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 seriously, I'm like more concerned. Like, who steals a minivan? Full of car seats. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like, does this? So, do you know what the most two stolen cars are in the United States, Christina? Uh, the Escalade and uh, I, I don't know what else. Well, the the ones I've seen in stories are the Honda Accord and the uh, the uh, the Taurus, which you know maybe huh. that's a few years older, but it's like the most common cars. That's what people steal because right. then you can like break it down to parts because there's there's more demand for it. So makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. yeah. I but but but, but again, yeah. but like a minivan, like I mean, I guess it depends on the drivetrain and other things, but like it's not a Taurus or yeah. or a Honda. So yeah, I'm confused. I, I don't know that much about it. Maybe they want to like smuggle drugs like in the minivan because there's a lot of storage. I don't know. This is a mystery. God, well, Steven, <laughs> I hope that you find your car soon. We're very sorry yes. that it did get stolen. Yes. Um, and speaking of cars, we're starting with car <laughs> news today. I'm killing it on the segways. I'm just killing it. But we're not riding Segways today. We're riding Porsche's <laughs> new electric car. Um, so, no, Porsche has entered into a collaboration with a company called Rimac. 
which mm-hmm. uh, introduced a very beautiful electric car called the Concept 2 at the Geneva Motor Show. But they've also done previous work making batteries and, and power cells for brands like Aston Martin and I think Jaguar's electric cars. So Porsche is getting in on that game, that luxury, presumably electric car game. And one Brianna Wu, uh, <laughs> who own, has the Twitter handle number one Porsche fan USA, mm-hmm. is nice. pumped. I'm very excited about this. Like In breaks. fact, I'm such a I'm such a Porsche fan that I have to be the jerk that says it's pronounced Porsche and not Porsche. Like okay. that's how you yeah, I know there's no way you could say that so without sounding uh, like my a jerk. Apologies. But yeah. Yes, yes, yes. No, I think this is a really interesting story. Uh because uh, you know, this is a company that has made really big bets in uh, the technology underneath um, you know, that basically makes electric cars work. Um, their power cell technology uh, made their concept car uh, competitive with the LaFerrari, which is the fastest, like one of the fastest cars on earth. And, you know, this really shows that Porsche is all in on, you know, electric vehicles. And I think it's so exciting for the future of this market that there's not just going to be a duopoly. Um, you know, so this is something that's very exciting uh, for me. And uh, I think that one of the really interesting things is when Porsche is working with this, you can presumably hope it's going to go through the entire uh, German auto group uh, line, which means it'll eventually go to Volkswagen. It'll eventually go to Audi. It'll just go to all of those. I did not even think about that perspective, but that, yeah, that's a really good point. And Porsche itself is such a, I, I, I think that, Companies like Tesla doing the work that they do is great, but also having established brands like Porsche and like, like Toyota's done with the Prius get into this. Uh, it's it's very good as sort of a, a, a bellwether. Is that the right word for yeah. ha- for what what is for the progression of technology? That's exactly it. Like yeah. we need this to filter down. Yeah, definitely. I mean, part of it, as you said, is like the infrastructure, um, you know, um, commitment that they're making, which is big. But also, I mean, obviously, where, where Tesla has has suffered um, has been, um, you know, when it comes to getting the supply chain um, uh, working, you know, getting getting the um, uh, what should we call it? What's the word I'm looking for? Production line. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I love a guessing Com- game. Could be a great show today. Christina yeah. just yeah. got back All from of us London. Have no sleep. Yes, you Christina did. Christina got back from London. Then Christina was in uh, Denver. Christina is now in Seattle and is very <laughs> tired. I could not believe it when you said that you were on a plane earlier today. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, you've been traveling. What's wrong a lot. with you? Yeah, seriously. Get out of here. No. Uh, anyway, but I mean. You're right. Uh, this is the problem with Tesla. Like, we can't have just one American uh, brand like working on this, like Porsche working on this. You know, it's a completely different space than, say, the Nissan Leaf, which is an excellent car. Um, it's just it's it's showing that more automakers are making big bets on this. So, um, yeah, this story kind of uh, compared to the other story I thought was really interesting this week about Tesla. Uh, and I want I'm really interested in your read on this, Christina and Simone, because you work in media. So CNBC reported that uh, a disgruntled uh, employee at Tesla had um, basically gotten into the production uh, database of the car. They were alleged allegedly upset about uh, not getting a promotion and they have been uh, basically sabotaging the software and spreading the software 
software out to unauthorized third parties, allegedly. There's no court case about this. It's important to say it's, you know, I mean, they, no, they, they, are, they have, right. they have filed a lawsuit, but they have filed like a lawsuit, a, but, but there is not a, yeah. A lawsuit is not like a, a criminal third party getting him like, you know, it's not a prosecution by the government. So, um, but yeah, there's definitely a lawsuit there. I personally think it has merit. What I would love your opinion on Christina is uh, if you read the CNBC story, there's this little thing towards the end and it's like, you know, this could be the reason that, uh, you know, we didn't have any, we've had all these problems with the Model 3 and getting it out. And then they said, like, Tesla would not confirm or deny that. I read that as Tesla leaking the story. Yeah. Like, <laughs> up for the production problems and yeah. then denying it in the press. Am I cynical about that? No, it's that very convenient. I, yeah. I was going to say, you know, there's nothing in the lawsuit that actually seems to imply that this was someone who would have been high enough up to make demonstrable, you know, impactful change to the production stuff that this is why the production has been slowed down. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it seemed more like they were claiming that this person, you know, leaked information about certain problems to different news organizations. Uh, the news organization wasn't um, uh, named, but 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 you can look through to see other stuff and say, um, uh, whatchamacallit, um, you know, is Business Insider who ran some sort of story about some sort of battery or something. And and so uh, w- had, had run, I guess, a story about an alleged like uh, a battery uh, issue in, in one of the plants and also the mm-hmm. fact that there was a lot of scrap metal. So that, that, that seems to, you know, indicate to me that this isn't, I don't know, this, it seems awfully convenient. Sorry uh, to, to ramble. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not believing this. So are they, are, are they alleging that, or is Elon Musk alleging that one employee is responsible for those, like all these bad stories we've heard out of Tesla this this last year? Is that what I'm understanding? The allegation, no. Um, no. Okay. What I think is, it's like you said, Christina. They've they've filed a lawsuit, which. I think it's credible that it has merit. I just want to say to Rocket listeners, like there's no third party making these allegations. It's Tesla, right? right. Um, and then the press is kind of um, looking at this and, you know, asking if it was responsible for some of these delays. Uh, as the CNBC story also points out, like after the t- uh, SpaceX rocket failed, they Tesla showed up to a competitor's private home nearby and demanded access to the roof thinking they had somehow sabotaged it, which is, you know, I mean, it's it's like, yeah, you know, I, I'm sorry if Tesla lyrics show up at my, at my home and are like, yeah, I need to get on your roof. The answer is going to be no. Yeah. We need to conduct our own private investigate, like a totally unwarranted investigation of what might be sabotage rather than involving like, I don't know. The law? What? That's ridiculous. I don't know. I'm not feeling very warm-hearted toward Elon Musk right now, so (sighs) I I think I I can't say that I'm unbiased in this, but it, that, the roof thing is ridiculous. Um, This thing, I would not, I've heard stories about people being unhappy at Tesla, so of course I wouldn't be surprised uh, about someone sabotaging it, but I do think that the timing of revealing that and having this come out on CNBC is very, huh? It's huh. interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I mean, it was it was first interesting that the email leaked, and then the lawsuit, you know, comes out, and and it's also sort of interesting. I think in the context that Elon Musk has had this kind of war with the press, 
and war with the media, but yet he is, he's definitely trying to use it to his advantage oh, yeah. um, in, in cases like this, which is, I just think, notable. So It's almost like he understands what he's doing. Huh. <laughs> it's almost like he's this really smart guy, but may it, yeah, I mean, is what was, it was interesting to me and that this is the only kind of thing that, that I find uh, it's fascinating is there is this contention of like Musk fanboys and also like Musk himself who are all obsessed with the idea that the real people who are trying to bring down Tesla are the short sellers. And, and, and that there's this, there's this, um, you know, conspiracy theory that there's this giant, like, I guess, thing happening in the media where everybody's trying to convince is, is trying to prop up the short uh, <laughs> sellers uh, of, of, of Tesla stock and that that's really what what this is all about and it's like no I uh, no I'm, I'm not I don't doubt that there are some people who are shorting the stock uh, for a reason and and that Tesla you know is mad about that um but but that's not how how media coverage of this sort of thing works. It's no. like it's a fundamental yeah. misunderstanding. And honestly, most of the people reporting on this uh, on on Tesla as a company don't understand a thing about about um, you know uh, short selling stock or, or or the short squeeze or or um, you know buying a margin or any of the those things. Like they they genuinely don't. Or so the it's blockchain. Like, yeah. Right. So <laughs> it's just it's kind of funny that it's like, yeah, that's that's not the impetus behind this. I don't doubt that there are some people who are trying to make a quick buck or a, a, a big buck mm-hmm. off, of, off of Tesla, but that's, that's not what's driving the media coverage here. I it, feel like really I've got to say like short selling serves a vital function in the stock market. So companies like Theranos that overinflate their financials, <laughs> there are people out there that can make a lot of money by doing their research, showing that the company is not representing things honestly and uh, going through and putting pressure on it. You know, yeah, no, that you, is you, a very oh, right. vital, yeah, uh, you're, I mean, you're right. I'm, you're right. Yeah, the only thing oh, yeah, I, I yeah. don't disagree at all. I'm just saying I, I don't doubt that there has been, you know, uh, some pressure from from sure. that sort of thing. Of course, that's uh, the part but, of, that's taking your company public, right? Yeah, uh, so. exactly. Which, which again, I, I um, just since you had mentioned Theranos, I do think it is worth noting that that was not a public company. But yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm talking about a company of rotten. You know, oh technology. no, uh, without a doubt, without a doubt, <laughs> yeah. and, and also, uh, yeah, and I think, and, and not to put words in your mouth, but I know I certainly not drawing any, you know, uh, illusions, uh, you know, intended or otherwise between Theranos and and absolutely. And, uh, I'm just Tesla. saying. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. We don't want a lawsuit. I'm just saying short <laughs> sellers serve a purpose. This is what I want to talk about. And I, you know, I think when the history of this era is written and when the history of us finally getting serious about addressing climate change, I think Elon Musk is going to be really prevalent in that history book oh, with yeah. starting Tesla because his work on EVs is undoubtedly, I I think you can draw a one-to-one line with like EVs now being mandated in China and us seeing increased electrical infrastructure. Like he did that and deserves huge credit for it. At the same time, like a comment you just made, Simone, about how you're not super thrilled with him right now, it really feels like the guy has taken his reputation and is really damaging himself on a daily basis. We saw those tweets about him showing he doesn't understand government at all this yeah. week. Yeah, we've seen things like him talking about getting verbal authorization from the government to start boring underneath the cities, like which may be a little bit more of a, a process than a phone call. And just a lot of um 
really unnecessarily divisive comments on Twitter. Um, I kind of just think he needs to take a break from Twitter because I think it's hurting. I 100% agree. Like there's so much, I'm sure that we all have our own knee jerk reactionary, frankly, dumb or (laughs) underinformed responses to things. And most of us, fortunately, either have uninstalled Twitter from our phones or don't have however many million followers Elon Musk has. And people don't hear those thoughts. And then maybe we rethink them. Um, He, I, I think he's shown an irresponsible use of his platform. Yep. And I, I also think that that is not necessarily a problem that that's not just a problem that stops at oh he should just uninstall Twitter and think about his things before he says says them because that that's part of the problem too. But it's also like he's not showing good judgment in how he presents <laughs> himself publicly. That's more than a social media problem, even though it is also a social media problem. Yeah, and I mean, I would I would agree with that. I would say that if you were an investor at some point, maybe that would be concerning. And I would say that his genius kind of, you know, outweighs some of those things, unfortunately, for a lot of people, which is why he can continue to act the way that he acts on social media um, without really having real consequences to deal with it, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by PDF Pen from our friends at Smile. Woo! Yeah, that's right. The new PDF Pen 10 is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs and going paperless. But guess what else? Guess what else? Guess what else? This month, Smile will celebrate 15 years of making productivity software and providing fast, friendly service to customers. Smile could get a learner's permit to drive a car. I mean, 15 years in the tech industry, that's the equivalent of like 700 years of Exxon or whatever, right? Yeah, like that's, that's a long time. They're established as <laughs> heck. PDF right. Pen 1.0 debuted at Macworld San Francisco in 2004. Fast forward 15 years and the new PDF Pen 10 includes watermarking so that you can stamp a draft on a document that needs review or protect your images. It includes headers and footers, a precision edit tool, batch OCR, making bulk OCR a snap. (laughs) Sorry about all those plosives. Wow. And PDF Pen will now automatically update an open document to the latest saved version so that you don't end up with a ton of different versions of the same document. Yeah, what I'm imagining is like you writing your next book. It's just like you're in the like you're you're just writing all over the walls and everything, just everywhere, <laughs> information, and then you just feed it into PDF pen and boom, it looks professional. And then I stamp <laughs> draft all over it and then right. don't read this. Right. <laughs> but there's so much that you can do with PDF Pen 10. You can move images around without increasing the size of your document. You <gasps> can yeah. Whoa, you got you got excited. Get a little hot? Getting I, a little I, heated. Th- these are features that I desire in my life, Samantha Rushford. That's what I'm saying. Would you like to use an improved color palette? Oh my God, that's my wildest dream come true. Would you like to go paperless more easily by making a whole collection oh. of scanned PDF searchable? Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Would you like to be able to access your PDFs with PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone? I think that would be my wildest dream come true, Simone. 
This is amazing. You can, you can have it all. The modern woman can have it all. <laughs> During the week of June 11th, the Smile blog will celebrate Smile's history. So that has happened. Uh, and you can visit smilesoftware.com slash blog to join the fun, including a sticker giveaway. So if you've been thinking about getting your documents in order, don't put it off any longer. You can learn more about PDF Pen now at smilesoftware.com slash rocket. Thank you so much, PDF Pen 10, for your support of this show. The World Health Organization announced on Monday that they are adding gaming disorder to their compendium, compendium rather, of uh, diagnoses and med- medical conditions, uh, which is interesting in that it, this is not a... Uh, as we wrote up on Polygon, this is not a a source that is updated very often. Uh, right, I believe it's right. This is this is this is um yeah, there, the first time DSM. since like nineteen ninety six that that has actually changed, which is very important for some reasons, as in transgender being removed as a disease. Uh, but interesting in in that uh, video game addiction is being added to it, um, and I think that there are a lot of. It's very polarizing for a lot of reasons, one of which is that people who play games, I mean, games have been used as a scapegoat for a lot of addictions or, or problems throughout their history. That being said, there are documented cases of people participating in unhealthy behaviors with regards to games as in spending a crap ton of money on loot boxes for example um or dying because they wouldn't stop playing freaking world of warcraft yeah i i would actually say like the latter one is is the one um otherwise because i think the loot boxes and some of that stuff you could probably if you were wanting to be technical about it that could probably i mean i'm not a doctor um but but to me that would seem like that would be something that could at least in some ways fall under like a gambling you know, addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think that the bigger thing is when you have behaviors like people literally dying because they aren't getting up and getting, you know, the things they need because they are, are doing these, these marathon game, um, uh, competitions, whether, um, you know, it, it's a world of Warcraft or it's, it's some sort of esports or, or whatever, you know, like that, that unfortunately is becoming that that's a thing. Um, it, it's more common in some parts of the world than others. So yeah, it it's it but you're right, there's immediately I think some pushback from a lot of people who like are like, oh well, gaming has always been used as this kind mm-hmm. of scapegoat. Um the uh so the World Health Organization putting it on kind of this list um is interesting, especially since the um the um uh, American um uh, psychiatric association um uh does not have it as part of the diagnostics uh statistics manual the DSM. Um, that, that most recent version has it kind of as, as an area that needs more study, but it doesn't have it as an actual condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, I, you know, the, the game industry has been blamed so long for violence. It's just like we saw Trump use this as a scapegoat. Obama tried to use it as a scapegoat to a certain extent, you know, that, We've been attacked for unreasonable things for so long that I think there's kind of a, a, a knee-jerk defensiveness here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you look at the bare bones of what they're doing, 
it doesn't seem to be great. It doesn't seem to be perfect. And I think you can pick that apart. And the Polygon article has some eminently fair critiques uh, by, you know, someone that has a PhD in this area. Um, But I think the way I feel is I have certainly known people that are unhealthily uh, addicted to video games. I've seen people playing Final Fantasy 14 on iPhone. They've spent $40,000 on it. <laughs> I've seen people that live night and day in MMOs and they are yeah. always on and that is their life. You know, Christina, you had mentioned um, seeing people literally die from playing games, which is not uncommon in Asia. Right. Um, and, and friend of the show, Georgia Dow, she is also, um, you know, she talks about seeing this a lot in her private practice. So you can't start to fix something if you can't study it. And Simone, you had mentioned, uh, you know, transgender in the DSM. Yeah. That started off with Harry Benjamin, like writing the protocols and then it's been a mess for a long time and they slowly made it better. And even this current version of GID in the DSM, it's flawed, Mm -hmm. but you can't start to address that if you don't talk about it and you don't measure it. And rather than worrying about games getting scapegoated for something here, I personally would like people I have known that have struggled with this. And it's a, it's comorbid with depression and, you know, sometimes substance abuse and other factors, but I would love for it to be in the DSM because once it is, they can go get help for it. That's true. With a therapist in insurance. So, yeah, that's yeah, honestly I mean, like something you said at the top of this, Christina, which is I'm not a doctor, is the exact summary of how I feel about this, which is yeah. like I I can't really – I cannot deny that there are people who are addicted to playing games. And as you said, Bree, like those problems – are often comorbid with other life problems, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't look at how people are choosing to self-medicate and figure out how we can help them in a more effective way. Yeah. Which is why, like, I I feel, like, kind of, like, about this. Like, I, I... Maybe it's not being handled in the best way, but I also I'm not gonna go out and say that people... That addiction to video games doesn't exist. Because it does. And, and and I don't even know if, if – I, I don't think we have enough information to know if this is being handled the right way or not. I mean, all we know is that the World Health, Health Organization has actually, you know, listed this as something, you know, that, that they're identifying. Um, I would also say – I mean, and this is obviously a much broader problem or a much broader topic, but – I think that the, the regardless of however video games have been used as scapegoats for, for this and that, and that's going to continue, I think that what this kind of shows, and I think this is very true, is that you know it, it reinforces once and for all the video game, people who play games, playing games is not a uncommon activity. It is not kind of a weird subculture. It is very common. It is something that most people do at, 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 at some point in their lives and that, that increasingly many more people do all over the world. And... I mean, in in some ways, even though obviously there's a stigma around any sort of, you know, uh, disorder or whatever, it's almost like, okay, this is big enough and this is a big enough activity that we can't just, you know, uh, rip it off, you know, write it off as, oh, you know, only kids or only certain types of people play games. You know, um, Mm -hmm. it's it's a national or it's an international hobby um, and, and for some people even careers. And so... I don't know. I, I, I like that. I mean, in some ways, this is, I think, just further proof of just how mainstream 
gaming genuinely is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think with that being mainstream, Christine, it's something you said on the show that I think about all the time with all kinds of institutions of power is like Apple is not your friend and Apple doesn't need you to defend them. They right. are the second most powerful company on earth. I think at this point, the video game industry is a larger business than the movie industry. Yep, It's a huge field. It doesn't need you to defend them. Right. And I, I don't want junk science or hysterica to get involved here. But what I do want is people I know that have struggled with this to be able to go to a therapist like Georgia Dow and talk about it and find a way forward. I want people to begin to get support on this subject. And um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot evaluate the science here, but I think it's an important step forward. Mm-hmm. The problem pointed out by the two psychologists Summit talked to were just uh, the specific one mentioned here is that the quote unquote definition of gaming disorder is too vague to be useful. I, okay. So they'll yeah. do more research <laughs> and they'll figure it out. Yeah, I assume not not trying to like downplay anyone's worries, but I don't feel like this is DEFCON well, one. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, and honestly, it's a really good thing in some ways because the way that you're able to get grants to do more research into these things is to have it actually listed either for study as it is on the DSM five or um, the way that it is now with, with, with the who. Honestly, that's how you are able to do real medical mm-hmm. research on this stuff. But you can't just, it's very difficult for for researchers, for medical researchers to be like, oh, we want to look into this if no major um, you know, uh, uh, me- medical bodies are identifying it as something real or as something to study. Mm-hmm. So, you know. That's this, a really good point. This, so, so, I mean, honestly, this this has the, you know, uh, the, by having this even listed gives it a much better likelihood of having you know, whenever the next update is or, or if they make supplemental additions, which is not uncommon to, um, you know, uh, be more direct uh, about to be less vague, I guess, in the description, but also for real research to, to be done now, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's great. So before we go to dessert tonight, yes. um, I have a topic that's awkward to oh, talk really? about, which I think is going to make it perfect for Rocket. <laughs> um, so Simone, you were at E3 last week, oh, as yeah, long as we're I talking was. about games. You were. Um, so, um, you know, women in the game industry, we talk. And um, one of the things we talked about is a game I am looking forward to uh, is called Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, It looks really good. It's made by a great team. Um, The art style looks really interesting. But they put out a hypersexualized statue at E3 and gave it out to a bunch of press. And women in the game industry were talking about, you know, I saw the statue and I'm like, that looks a lot like Simone. (laughs) So... I'm going to put a picture of this yeah. in the chat. Please do. And, I mean... No, I'm yeah. going to have to go into work to... We have this statue. They gave it to Brian because uh, he's the one who saw that demo. I'm going to have to go look at her more closely. Okay, well, here's a uh, picture. There's her I'll in look the at box. This, I'll look at this picture that you're going to send. Okay, here's Oops. one of her um, out of the box. Um. Yeah, no, that... Yeah, yeah. Cats out of the bag. I modeled for CD Project Red. <laughs> oh wow, like, she does look like me, but with bigger she, boobs and more yeah. blood. 
she does have bigger boobs. More blood um, on the outside a, of her body, she, I should say. She does I, have bigger boobs and, and, and a beauty mark, but this looks remarkably like Simone. And so, Simone, I think that you owe all of the listeners a selfie with this tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, I so freaking do. I'm going to put a beauty mark on and everything. <laughs> I've always wanted one. This is finally my chance. I, do your gonna... arms do that by chance? Yes. Do you shoot razor blades out? Okay, that's, that's so good. Cool. I have spider arms. I have mechanical spider arms. When I sometimes bend my arms, my my forearms flip open and my metal spider arms are revealed. And it makes meetings a little awkward. I just got I just have to say like genuinely like objectively your action figure is super super hot. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I agree. It is both yeah. problematic <laughs> and it's, hot like right, most things. It's awkward. It's awkward because I'm like this looks a lot like you but it's also you but naked and it's awkward to talk about with so, spider arms. I don't know. Yeah. Wow, I'm going to go into work tomorrow with a whole new perspective on this statue. (laughs) Do you guys have any other questions about E3 while we're hanging out here? Yeah, what what was your your biggest takeaway? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. What was your favorite game? Freaking Trials Rising. I'm sorry. It was definitely Trials. I had the most fun of all the games that I played. I had the most fun playing Trials Rising. And that is the truth. Wow. I thought Blood Dragon trials was horrible (laughs) like a a series ending mistake um no that's really surprising to me wow it it felt very good like it was it was ridiculous and ragdolly and floppy but it was also really funny and it was pretty intuitive and i was kind of good at it which may influence my decision on dually but i just had like a very good time there was no no stress, no like confusion of trying to learn the controls. It was just like, I'm playing a fun game and I'm having a good time laughing with this dev who's like watching me and going, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> you ruined their game. <laughs> yep. Awesome. I don't know. I mean, okay. So Christina, Grant, I, I, I should mention, I didn't see Cyberpunk. I didn't see The Last of Us 2 demo. I didn't see like I the big game. The biggest game I saw was probably Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um which I am going to enjoy, but like I have, of course, my my regular reservations about it. So, how do you feel about Anthem? Christine and I talked about this last week. Uh, I want more Mass Effect, and this is not that. I'm so, so bored by everything about yes. Anthem. Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I will. Pro- to be honest, I will probably put off playing it when it comes out, and then I. If it gets good reviews, I might consider it. But th- there's just nothing about it that's attractive to me right now. Whereas, like, with, with a lot of other things, I can justify, like, okay, even though Cyberpunk is also a shooter, there are elements of that that really interest me. Like, I I want more games from CD Projekt Red, even if, you know, it's... It has its it, its difficult content. I'm I'm ready for another CD Projekt Red game, and I'm interested in the world building in that. Um, and I think there's a lot to like. Un- it's saying a lot, even if what it's saying might be like what it's saying about augmentations and cybernetic op- augmentations might be not great as far as like disability politics goes. I would rather play a game that is having a conversation than something like Anthem that to me just feels bland at the moment. Yeah. Like destiny. Yeah. I think Uh, that's fair. Beautiful, beautiful destiny. 
Oh, did you get to go to the Fortnite party? Oh my God, do not rub it in my face that I did not go to the Fortnite party. I had a very good time on Tuesday night, the night of the Fortnite party, but I was not at the Fortnite party. And everyone who didn't go to the Fortnite party is experiencing, will be experiencing massive FOMO for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I mean, like, I wasn't even at 83, but I had like FOMO for like not, I was in London and I was like, I wish that I was at the Fortnite party. Should have gone to the, I wasn't invited to the Fortnite party, to be fair, but, you know. Simone, you, okay. I could have, I could have thrown my weight around, but I, I had plans that night. You you do a pop-in. You always do a pop-in. I was so foolish, Christina. Always pop-in. This episode of Rocket is also brought to you by Eero. Woo! Yeah! With Eero, you'll never need to worry that your Wi-Fi isn't fast enough to stream movies or download files. Because Eero have created the Wi-Fi setup of dreams! Fast, reliable connections throughout your entire house. You the want second- me to blow your mind, Simone? Yeah, Right yeah. now, I'm going to blow your mind. Blow me. I'm talking to you over Eero. Right now. What? Right now. How fast and stable is your connection? It's amazing. And it's three floors beneath me right now. So I just have a repeater on every floor of my house. And this is still fast enough for me to competitively game in Final Fantasy fourteen. So that's pretty awesome. Once again, the modern woman proves that she can have it all. <laughs> a house with three stories, yes. Wi-Fi on every floor, and high-speed gaming. <laughs> <laughs> the second generation Eero includes a third 5 gigahertz radio, making it twice as fast as before. So whatever your Wi-Fi needs, Eero will blanket your entire home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi. It sits flat on any surface. Just plug it into the wall with the included power adapter, and you're ready to connect your Eero either with Ethernet or wirelessly. And the included thread radio means that you can connect to low-power devices like locks, doorbells, and more. Make your home smart. They also have a tiny Eero beacon. And all you have to do is plug that into a wall and expand coverage to any room so you don't have to move to a different part of the house to get the internet speed that you want, as Brianna is demonstrating right now by recording where she wants to be. She if is I want to be dreams. on the top floor, I can do that. If I want to record Rocket on in my basement, I can do that. I even put an Eero beacon near my car, so when <sighs> I'm trying to leave the house, and you know, you, like you type something into GPS, so it could like reach out there. It so is the worst I thing could, when your phone can't connect to GPS because right? it's confused about where the Wi-Fi is. Right, that's terrible. Anyway, it was like just paying a few dollars, and then boom, even better internet. It's awesome. She has the power, and you can too. The Eero app also lets you control the network from your phone. It's no hassle to create and share a guest network too. So, basically, listen. Eero (laughs) system. You can get one, including one second-generation Eero and two beacons. That's basically enough for your three-floor house, right? You can get that for just $399. $399. This is everything you need to get started, and you don't have to wait weeks to get hold of your new dream Wi-Fi setup, that's silly. Listeners of this show can get free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada when you head to Eero.com and use the promo code ROCKET. That is E-E-R-O.com, promo code ROCKET for free overnight shipping. 
Thank you so much, Eero, for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. All right, who wants to talk about Star Trek? No, no, no. Third what? topic is bulletproof dinosaurs. What are you doing to me? (laughs) I wrote it all in the document today. All of my show notes are wrong. Oh, no. (laughs) So, okay. I will introduce this awesome topic then. So I um, did read this article and it's very good. So I I don't disapprove of it. I'm just so confused. Cue it up. Cue it up, up, Simone. No, no, you're good. Introduce it. I'll get the link. Okay. I will introduce it. So I had no idea about this. This blew my mind more than the article itself with all the science. Apparently, Jurassic World has a dedicated science advisor oh, yeah, that works with the production crew to make sure it's all um, accurate. That just surprised me. Um, Why? I mean, I, I realize that the franchise has gone into a direction that's very different from like the original series. Right. But I mean, Jurassic Park was 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 based on a Michael Crichton novel that had a lot of. I mean, granted, it like was far reaching, but it had some scientific stuff in it. Like he was a doctor. Like absolutely. I mean, the first one, absolutely. But I mean, come on. I mean, Jurassic World. That I mean, I, I'm with you. Know, I'm a little yeah. surprised. I, I I guess I I I would imagine there'd be somebody on there to be like, yes, they really would be this large, <laughs> or or no, this is not how they would dismember you. Or, <laughs> or, or, you know, like whatever, like, but yeah. So I, okay. Fair enough. I, I, and I instead do, he's I standing there going, you want, you're making their hands backwards facing, please don't make their hands face backwards. And then the, the dinosaur designers are like, no, we will have dinosaurs whose hands face backwards and you can't stop us. It's a madhouse. It is. It is. Okay. So talking about the article itself, um, this is a article on the verge. Uh, I wouldn't say deeply reported, but definitely has a lot of science behind it. Uh, talking about if dinosaurs are actually, if it's possible to genetically engineer dinosaurs that are, are bulletproof. And I appreciated this as someone that beat Dino Crisis and Dino Crisis <laughs> 2 oh, multiple times. I love those games. Regina needs to come back, Christina. Okay. Um, yeah. Dino Crisis was okay. I never played the sequel, but yeah. Oh, oh the sequel is atrocious. It's horrible. It's, That's what I'd heard. That's what yeah. I'd heard, honestly. Yeah. It's a crime. Um, but anyway, it's talking about, like, is it possible to genetically engineer dinosaurs that uh, that are bulletproof? And the short answer is no. Uh, the longer answer is yes, uh, for small, uh, small arms fire like handguns. But if you're firing like rifle bullets, that would even go through um, an ankylosaur, which uh, is covered with bone and rifles can penetrate that. So how do you all feel about the impossibility of a future of bulletproof dinosaurs? Does that I feel so better? educated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, I, I'm happy that it's, a, that it's kind of a possibility or at least that you would have to be armed with a very specific type of, of, of gun um, to, to maybe be able to penetrate them. Um, also, I, I feel like the future is really just going to be robot dinosaurs, right? Yeah. So in I that mean, case, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be bulletproof anyway, right? Really? Would they I be? Mean, I mean, it's kind of, uh, could you engineer a robot dinosaur that would have the mobility of a dinosaur? Like, I, get, I mean, we have cars, but if it's like an actual bipedal, for example, dinosaur, would it not be too heavy and no, inflexible I mean, if it were bulletproof? I, I I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on what type of materials you're using and 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 what sort of reinforcements you're doing. And w- you would have to probably engineer a different type of bullet to try to go after certain things. I don't know. 
I, I, I would imagine that the crew at Boston Dynamics, who uh, <laughs> uh, it, it has the bipedal, freaky dogs. Um, uh, is it they Boston had, Dynamics? Yeah, it is Boston Dynamics, and they had better not make those things bulletproof. I mean, I, I live right next to them. I'm going to be the first one that goes down from their Terminator dinosaur. So you're going to take them down with your Nerf guns. I am. I we're we're fully armed here at the household. <laughs> But then, yeah, I I I, I love this article first of all because it answered so many questions that I didn't even have, and it was like, yeah, we are gonna take this very seriously, and we're <laughs> no, gonna I talk to that. a freaking archaeologist or not archaeologist, uh, paleo- paleontologist, paleontologist, uh, yeah. yes, you know, a paleontologist. Not. It's fantastic. They're, 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 I mean, oh that gosh. honestly, the only way that it would have been better is if is if you know his name had been Ross Geller, and in, in which case it would just be. <laughs> it's true, but his name was John quotes jack horner and that's almost as cool <laughs> i mean it's actually way cooler imagine well being yeah, john okay. jack horner <laughs> i feel like he's just, just a like character from jurassic one Park of your movie. novels simone it, is. it really is uh, uh, a quote, john quote from john jack horner there's no doubt that the armor of an ankylosaurus would likely stop small gun fire that's the thing that some that an expert had to think about, and I'm so happy about it. But no, I, I do not enjoy, I do not approve of the engineering of new hybrid dinosaurs in the Jurassic Park movies. I feel like we don't, like dinosaurs are cool enough on their own. There's so much to explore there. You don't need to make up dinosaurs to make them scarier it's just like such a it's such a 2018 no. thing to be like we're gonna make it, it bigger it and we're gonna make it bulletproof yeah. and that's gonna be scary no freaking dinosaurs are terrifying have you looked at them have you i mean they are well 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 um the land before time that was, was, a, classic. was a great was an amazing animated film i i, I never watched any of the, the sequels because they don't exist to me um it's just the original film but uh still like that like those were good dinosaurs. Yes. I don't know. They were good dinosaurs. But like big carnivores are still scary, even in those films, with the exception of the baby T-Rex that they found. I have another big takeaway from this article. Um, he's talking about working on the first Jurassic Park film and how they wanted to make the velociraptors have forked tongues that they would flick out in the kitchen scene. And then he was like, no, that yeah. doesn't work. So they had their breath fog on the glass which is something that only warm-blooded animals could do. And Horner is of the opinion, he's on the warm-blooded side of the dinosaur debate. But where I got hung up on this is imagining being breathed on by an animal that is not warm-blooded. What does it feel like? Uh-huh. Can, would it just feel like cold air coming out? I mean, I guess it depends on... Or would it just be not hot enough to fog glass? Yeah, that's what I would think. I don't think you'd feel anything necessarily. Whoa. I think it would, yeah, it would feel That's like... That's uh, messed up. I w- I've never been breathed on by a lizard or a bird. Birds aren't warm-blooded, right? Do birds... What are birds? <laughs> Whoa. God. Birds. I think we broke, Simone. Her, her circuits have broken down. Christina, we're going to Birds are warm-blooded. Her. Okay. Yeah, so birds, a bird... Say, birds okay. are mammals, Simone. Yes. Yes. Birds we should know are that. birds. Oh, my goodness. What are you... All right. So I have to ask, 
are are all of you excited about Jurassic World 2 coming out? Because I liked Jurassic World 1. I even liked Lost World. I thought Lost World was like aliens and Jurassic Park mixed together. I was down for that. And I even liked Jurassic Park 3. But I really did not like the last Jurassic Park movie. And part of it is because Chris Pratt, like, just repulses me on a level I can't explain. Okay. See, okay. So my my thing is, and look, I I saw The Lost World. I've I've seen all three, the original Jurassic Parks, and and I have very fond memories about the first one, the, the, the second two, whatever. I didn't mind Jurassic World. I get your thing on Chris Pratt, although I personally love him, even though his personal stuff aside, like I, I, I really liked him since he was bright on Everwood and, and that's just a thing. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been watching him, you know, since he first started. And so I've just always liked him as an actor, but, but your like repulsion to Chris Pratt is how I feel about Bryce Dallas Howard. I can't really, wow. I, I, I can't I love her. Oh my gosh. That's why? Really interesting. Wow. I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I feel like she's not very good. And I, it, she's a very clear case of like nepotism. Like, yeah, I'd agree like, with that. I mean, yeah. she's just, she's not that good. I don't know. I just feel like if, if, if you can't get Jessica Chastain, then, then getting like knockoff Jessica Chastain. <laughs> wow. Harsh I like fair. both of them, but more <laughs> importantly, like birds are not mammals. I, I just birds looked at, I, 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 I did too. I did do birds are birds. And I actually realized as soon as I said it, I was like, I know birds are not mammals. I'm tired. They're vertebrates. And I know yeah, they're bird, birds are birds. So don't at us. Don't email. Don't at us. We know that <laughs> no, birds are birds. We know that they're not mammals. We know they're vertebrates. We get we it. We understand now. We've learned a lot tonight about Thank our you, feelings Paul. about Bryce Dallas Howard, our feelings about Chris <laughs> Pratt, our lack of opinion on either of those. But most of all, the blockchain may hold the key to true brand loyalty. <laughs> Uh, also, also just, just our weekly Anna Delvey update. Oh, um, <laughs> she shows little remorse according to the judge and according to the, the concierge from the New York magazine story, um, uh, Neff Davis, her, her biggest concern right now is who's going to play her. She's very excited by the potential of, of, of uh, Jennifer Lawrence, but she really wants a uh, Margot Robbie to play her, which I think would be good. And and someone had mentioned Lindsay Lohan, and she she kind of put her nose up in disgust. Which you know what, Anna, that is fair because Lindsay Lohan has never had the acting chops to take on that role. But especially now that she's washed up completely, yeah, you stay the hell away, Lindsay Lohan. You stay the hell away from the Anna Delvey project. You will ruin it. And and and, and Chanda Rhimes is going to make it into a great television show. And I don't want um, our hero, uh, uh, our heroine, um, besmirched with 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 Lindsay Lohan nastiness. Yeah. Yeah, she's too good a person to have Lindsay Lohan besmirching her reputation oh. in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just God. not. It's not good. The it's real hero good. of this is Shonda Rhimes, who is going to continue to make <laughs> good entertainment and also money. Oh yes, and we are all. I mean, honestly, can, what a gift. That she's that this is going to be the first Netflix thing that she does. Like Thank honestly, God. what a gift for Thank all of you us. God, I, there's a whole other thing that we're not going to dwell on tonight, but it's about how Jennifer Lawrence is the perfect face model for both Elizabeth Holmes and Anna Delvey. What yeah. does that say about you, Jen? Um, like you, <laughs> I'm sorry. She's fun. It says it, that it, she's it, a it, fun it, actress with a flexible, uh, f- flexible repertoire. 
she's She's like not afraid to play evil she's like straight Kristen stewart where you can just imprint her on any situation and she works in it do you know what i mean i do i do like yeah (laughs) speaking of of straight Kristen stewart what what do we all think about like the like like robston there have been like photos of them like hanging out again what yeah yeah. what I'm there are like gonna... photos of them like hanging out again. And I don't know. My, my, my favorite subculture on the internet are the, the fans who s- believe that not only are Robson still together, but that they have children. <laughs> <gasps> it's like flat earthers. But oh, I mean, but it's, yeah. it's, it's better than flat earthers. Like, yeah. honestly, like I thought that like the Larry fandom was like pretty insane and they are and like, they came up with all these things that like uh, uh, Louis Tomlinson, like had a fake baby and all this stuff. Like it was really out there, but, but the, 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 the Robston stands who are like, no, they've been together all this time and they have children. Those I think are my favorite people on the internet. Act- actress famously, famously actresses always want people to think that they're gay as a disguise when they're actually secretly <laughs> dating famous bankable men. Yeah. So yeah, common. Who, who, so who common to just come out as gay in Hollywood. Dated, who they previously dated like actively and, and like called bearding, actually. Yeah, I I don't think <laughs> when I, you pretend I, to be gay when you're actually not. That 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 is the definition of bearding yeah. is when you pretend to be gay but you're not and 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 really um so Stella is 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 her beard. Um yeah. Make All sense. right, Brianna Wu is taking the wheel and saving the show. Please do, because <laughs> I have 10 other are, things I want to say about this. Oh but my God. yes. Simone, what are you up to this week? What am I up to this week? Uh, gosh, <laughs> I've been recovering from E3. Uh, I have been on West Coast time and it's terrible. Uh, Christina, I do not envy you your time change, yep. which is going to be even worse. Um, and I'm kind of just recovering from that and uh, working on trying to make videos that aren't about E3, which is something where we're all kind of like waking up from our fog and we're like, what? Making videos that aren't about E3? How do we even do that? Okay, uh, I guess uh, we'll, we'll it, figure it out. It sounds like a case for Encyclopedia Simone is all I'm saying. Yeah. Encyclopedia Simone. We did make a very good Polygon Investigates video, uh, which unfortunately I'm not in, but I it is exactly what Encyclopedia Simone should be. Um, also, probably more importantly and more seriously, uh, I am going to actblue.com and I'm going to donate money to help the migrant kids who have been separated from their families at the border of our totalitarian, horrible country. Uh, mm. So if you are also interested in doing that, Act Blue basically supports a few different organizations that are involved in providing legal help to people um, or spreading messages on media, things like that, all kinds of things. So you too can check that out if you're interested. Yeah, we'll put in the show notes. Um, one of the, the places I've been supporting is I went to a rally today in downtown Boston with Mira, uh, which is basically an action group for uh, you know, migrant workers and you know, families exactly like the ones we see being torn apart uh, right now um, due to our presence policy. So uh, they're a great organization. They put together a, uh, a huge rally of 1,500 people today in Boston. It was a success. I can vouch for the per- people there firsthand because I know them. Um, and, you know, you're really going to be helping. Like, this isn't like some huge bank account. Like, this is going to be going to people here in Boston. They're directly helping uh, this particular cause. So I hope you'll get involved. 
Right. Yeah, and no, I, I links will be in the show absolutely. notes. I'm, I'm glad both of you mentioned that, and we're putting those in the show notes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the same thing that you've done, um, Simone. Like right, literally right now. I, I give money to the to the ACLU um, every month, um, but um, I'm, I'm going to be um, uh, making a donation to the um, Act Blue Express right now. Awesome. All right. Spin up. We we before I started the show today, we're like we just don't even want to touch politics. But I just rocket listeners, I want you to know. It's been a hard week for us too. It has it's probably been a hard week for you, but we're we're right there with you. So, Brianna, what are you up to this week? Um, I'm going to more rallies. Uh, we're getting ready for an awesome Fourth uh, uh, of July parade. We've got to go like five of them. <laughs> so Ooh. it's like, what campaign cars are we going to bring to it? So it's going to be great. We're going to be out there in convertibles and like having fans printed and passing us out to people. Something I love, if this is not a metaphor for what my campaign is about, um, my opponent, Stephen Lynch, doesn't talk about people with disabilities ever just you know he hasn't been at the migrant worker thing doesn't talk about this not even on his radar for us in the uh braintree uh fourth of july parade we're actually going to be our campaign bringing the float with uh people with disabilities uh that action group there in braintree along on our campaign car and i think that is such a great metaphor for what my campaign is about so that's really uh, cool yeah, we're doing that. I'm doing a lot of canvassing. We're about to start uh, passing out yard signs. And I really mean this, Rocket listeners. Uh, if you want to be uh, on our uh, digital team or if you're here in Massachusetts, uh, we are definitely adding staff right now. We are in the final push where we're out there every single day. So uh, I hope you will go to BriannaWay2018.com and support us. Thank you. And Christina, what are you up to? Yeah, so I mean, I'm just recovering from uh, the travel and oh, uh, doing some work. Thing. Yeah, I've got, I've got got to get my shows. Um, I have, I've got um, a, a bunch of things that we'll be kind of uh, doing next week. Um, but yeah, I the yeah the travel was was a uh, was amazing. London was awesome last week. Um, and I'm I've recovered from the jet lag, but again, the problem was is that like I went from. London to Seattle. And then I had a layover in Seattle for like four hours. And then I went to Denver and I was in Denver for a couple of days and that's an hour ahead of Seattle. And then now I'm back in um, Seattle. So I don't know where I am. It's one of those things where I'm just like, my body is like, you're exhausted. That is but such nonsense. Oh my gosh. Well, we appreciate you doing the show today. Yeah, it's, seriously. Uh, you're a rock star. You're a rock star. You're an angel. I, I don't have a song. I just made that up. Um, okay. Well, this has been a show of rockets. And if you would like to uh, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts for our we fantastic efforts. We definitely we did. Uh, Apple Podcasts or the new or the new pod, the new Google Podcasts app, whatever that is. Oh, how yep. interesting. I mean, obviously, Apple Podcasts, you know, that's what everybody knows and, and, and loves and where most of you are, but there is a new Google podcast app and I assume you can rate and review there. So if you can like do it for both places, just find yeah. a place, just Google just where to review Apple podcast or wow. Where to yeah. review rocket podcast. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I trust you. I trust you to also figure out what kind of vertebrates many animals are, <laughs> what class they fall under. It's all that information is at your fingertips and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. <laughs> listening uh this episode of rocket is terminated five stars terminated (laughs) five stars terminated (laughs) 